The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Vicious, brilliant. You're with it. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again. The magic man has come up with another trick. Well, here's a chance to seal it. It's done. It's Georgie Kelly! Rotherham United's pathway back to the championship is opening up! Good evening, hello, welcome to New York Talk. This is the Rotherham United podcast. The second game of the season concluded with a, with a win. Still unbeaten this season. Um, partway through August. That's a success in my book so far. Uh, we will look back, back at a bit of a Port Vale game. Look ahead to the second round draw which has been done and then we will look ahead to Saturday in what the rest of the world will be billing as a huge game between two relegation threatened teams we'll see um, Mick will not be buying into any of that nonsense will you Mick? <laughs> certainly will not <laughs> <laughs> I don't know uh, and Danny is back with us today having spent all day in the sun working how are you doing Danny? Um, I'm doing all right. Um, I was very smart. I used my sun cream. Um, and I don't know if the camera can pick it up, but I've got a nice tan coming on my arms <laughs> and my legs. So I'm loving it. <laughs> this is one of the episodes. If you, if you look back at it towards the end of the season, you'll think you're a really nice tan. By then, you'll be completely white again. Oh, yeah. I'm fully expecting like December, January time just to be like a ghost heading into <laughs> uni with like dark rings under my eyes. And it's like, look at, look at me yeah. in, in August, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, we've got the scan report. Will return as we are speaking to a Reading fan about finding out a bit more about what to expect from them on Saturday. Um, and yeah, all sorts of previewing nonsense towards that one. Um, let's build up the Carabao excitement uh, as we've won in the first round. Ben's not here to hear this stat, which is disappointing. But I, but we can all confirm that Port Vale still haven't won at home. In the league up since 2015, um, after we beat them 2-1 at their place. Fairly routine, Mick, to be honest with you. I mean, we made it a bit more difficult for ourselves at the end. Um, but at the end of the day, it's many, many changes, and we're still through. Yeah, yeah. I mean, up to about 80 minutes, it never looked in danger, did it? And then, obviously, we, led, we allowed them to, uh, to get one back. So, it was a little bit um, not hairy. But you know, anxious that uh, mm. we could get to full time without having to uh, 
go through all the rigmarole of penalties and everything else. So um, it's it's nice to get some minutes under the belt of some of the the uh, they're not fringe players, are they? Let's be fair. Uh, yeah. You know, they're, they're all sort of they're all likely to start at some stage during the season. So, but it's getting minutes in legs after uh, after Sunday's game was uh, were postponed. So yeah, it'll do one. It it'll do well. We've got the comments. Harvey Kelwick's with us in the comments. Gav Grunder, Chris Anderson, Paul Barnfield, Sean Green. John Murrell asks, evening gents, were you the only championship team to actually win against the lower league opposition? Yes, uh, we were. won and Blackburn beat Hartlepool. Oh. I think those are the only two teams. There's about, <laughs> about 13 or 14 teams that went out to lower league opposition in the championship. Madness. Um, which is unheard of. But maybe, Danny, at least this is a tangent, but maybe this is just clubs seriously not taking this competition serious. I don't think they have it in the past, to be honest with you. But mm. this is, for me, this is a bit of a clear sign that they're just not bothered. Yeah, we're quite clearly winning Cup, aren't we? Obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think, um, I, I don't know, it seems to be um, club ideology may play a part in it because Warnie has said that you know he, he does like a Cup run and that I think I think we were just more up for it because we hadn't played Sunday, so it's like right we could try and get first win here and get a bit of confidence in it. Mm. And um, same with Blackburn. To be fair, I mean Blackburn mm. have started yeah started well this season. Good win for them in the cup, and it's just a, a carry carry on of momentum for them really. And for us, it could be a start of momentum, but we'll have to wait and see. Mm. Uh, but yeah, it's always nice to have a cup run. You know, we were a, we we're one round short of the big boys, if you like, coming into it. Unfortunately, yeah. we've drawn Morecambe, and the last time we played Morecambe in this cup, we won 5 4. Funnily enough, at New York Stadium. So, <laughs> oh well, not worst draw in Worlds. You could you could have yeah. done what I did and forget that it, that it was split north and south. <laughs> and it came out with Stevenage first, and then number 24, which was our number in the northern draw, and then <laughs> kick off that we've, we've drawn Stevenage away, only to realise that number 24 in the southern draw was Peterborough. <laughs> so that wasn't my uh, proudest moment, but um, yeah. Oh well. To be it fair, to Peterborough, it will laugh for everybody else, so that's fine. <laughs> for Peterborough, other than the fact they've got Darren McCanthy, I don't like as a chairman, they are very much the Rotherham of the South, aren't they? I know they're not very far south, but they're very much us, aren't they? They go up in Championship <laughs> a few times, have a bit of fun. They're not a massive club. Other than Darren McCanthy, they're pretty likeable. Um, don't know. Anyway, anyway, we're going to take a break from the Carabao and we're going to preview. Jump ahead and preview the Reading game on Saturday. So on the other side of this jingle, we will have Jacob, who's going to tell us all about Reading. We'll see you in 15 seconds. Hello. Thank you, Jacob. Thank you for joining us. How's it going? How's it going? Hello. Uh, thank you for having me. You're very hospitable. And I've already had the dubious privilege of speaking to Mick last night. So. <laughs> and I didn't upset anybody. 
I didn't I didn't say you all you deserve to relegate or anything like that. Yeah. I, I, I tried tried to be as nice as I possibly could. You know what, mate? You you behaved yourself, you're a gentleman, you know, you, you're getting rave reviews on the bet, on the Twitter. Yeah. No, no, no. I'll, I'll be I'll be honest with you, lads. I've just been frantically editing um what Mick and I conjured up yesterday. I got about 80% of the way through and then deleted it all. So I'm a bit frazzled, <laughs> a bit warm. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, ha- happy to be here, happy to uh, Answer any questions you guys have got against uh, got 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 about your opposition for the weekend. So. Well, then you're from I just cover every know you're from Elm Park Royal. So if anybody wants to get the red inside, if they want to listen, you listen to more of you guys. But there's a preview. Uh, just let everyone know where they can find that. And I suppose the usual podcast places. Yeah, that's right. So we're on everything. Our, our reach is far and wide. Uh, so um, if you go onto our Twitter, Elm Park Royals, that's at Elm Park Royals on Twitter, uh, you'll find a link to all of our stuff. We just put up our preview from yesterday and uh, you can listen to all of all of Mick's insight as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone loves Mick's insight on this show. To be oh, God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, this season, we our clubs have something in common, and that everybody is convinced that we're both going to go down. It seems. Yeah. Um, yeah. How is that? Was the Reading's view of of that wider view? I don't know. I mean, honestly, we're kind of at this point, kind of reveling in the fact that everyone's written us off because before the transfer window opened, I think the majority of Reading fans as well were probably in the camp of okay, this is the year that we've we're finally done for because. We've had to patch together the squad again almost from scratch. We've been battered by the whole financial impropriety side for so long. And uh, we've, we've lost some real big hitters this summer in the form of John Swift, who was our talisman. He's gone to West Brom. We thought he could do a bit better than West Brom, but there you go. Uh, we've we've lost Josh Laurent to Stoke, which is again is you know a step up sort of, but still a bit sideways. And, and Andy Rinham-Hotter as well um, has gone to Cardiff. So three players that at various points in time were players of the season for Reading have gone. And yeah. uh, so it's it was always going to be a summer of upheaval. But I, the surprising thing is we've managed to get points on the board nice and early by beating Cardiff last weekend. So, yeah, reasons for optimism, but but not many. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I'll pull into the manager. When he came in, I thought it was a very strange appointment. Cause he's not, I don't yeah. think he's been in management for, for a long time. Personally, don't particularly rate him. Um, how did he, he see? But he did seem to steady the ship in the last season from the outside. Is, is that right, or was he? Just yeah, like, honestly, Matt, it was such a saga. I mean, like Reading do not do things in like a normal way ever. <laughs> and um, after like weeks and weeks and weeks of our fans saying get get the previous manager out, that was Velko Paunovic who led us to seventh place in his first season whilst the lockdown was in progress and and bowl accounts the wheels spectacularly fell off the next we sacked him a little too late and then when we got in ints as the replacement we announced ints in the same statement as we announced Velko Paunovic going and it was right at the bottom of the statement and you could have missed it unless you were paying attention but it was like <laughs> by the way lads he hasn't managed for eight years but now Paul Lintz is here to... Uh, we were told it was an interim appointment, but everyone was was thinking, right, if he keeps us up, the job's going to be his because Reading are not a very attractive proposition for anyone at the moment, managerially. So, And to be fair to him, he did just enough to keep us up. For, for whatever reason, the players seem to have bought into him. Uh, he, he's value for a really stupid soundbite um, 
I was uh, he the, 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 the most the most famous one was uh, in an interview not long after he'd been appointed. Uh, he came out in an interview and said he doesn't believe in physiotherapists, or he he, he says he doesn't see doesn't see the point in physios. Or uh, wow. something like that. So, so he's proper, proper old school, proper old yeah. school. And um, but yeah, I don't know. I think the majority of running fans are hoping he can repeat the trick this time, keep us up this year, and then maybe get in a more long term manager at the end of the season. But he's here to stay for the time being. But yeah, he's, he is what he is. I suppose in a relegation fight, sometimes it's quite good to just go back to proper basics because because I see transfer business summer. You all, we all sort of knew that we all thought. I think, think the Reading going to be in a relegation battle. Mm. Backs to the wall job. Keep it simple. Work hard. And I suppose Paul Ince is old school in that sense. That, that might work. Maybe one of the thinking. I suppose. Well, that's the thing. I mean, under previous regimes, we've been accused of being a bit soft touch or a mm. bit lightweight. And you know that that's not even just on a character basis but in terms of our players being made of Weetabix too like we we we're, we're so prone to injury and you know that's continued this season too i think for, by the time we play you guys on the weekend we've just received word today that uh, Ovia Jari is out for four weeks um Yaku Mate who's been one of the most consistent sorts of goals for us in recent years he's out injured Lucas Shaw's out injured so we we are Lightweight, but then what Ince I think is trying to introduce now is that he wants to get in people who are fighters. And I was telling Mick yesterday how um, we're very, very close to confirming the signing of Nabi Sar, six foot six, former Huddersfield, uh, absolute unit of a centre back. Um, he's a scrapper. Uh, we've signed Sam Hutchinson on a free from Same Sheffield up. Wednesday. Yeah, noisy neighbours, you lot. Well, yeah, not neighbours. <laughs> they're, 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 not, they're not that close. But um, but yeah, so he's really impressed people in pre-season but, and he, he might be fit for the weekend. So, and, and we've signed a lad on loan from Porto who made his first appearance in our cup defeat this week. He's called Mamadou Loom. And again, he's like a big, strong defensive mm. midfielder. So I think Paul Ince's ideal vision is we're going to like just play eleven defensive midfielders and hope for the best. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, but honestly, people like to see a bit of that because, like you say, we just want to see a bit of you know fight and, and passion. And it's going to be a tough season, but we're hoping we've got enough. Mm. Yeah, uh, I watched some of the game back from Cardiff. The Cardiff watched the first half an hour thirty five minutes. And it struck me that neither team were particularly bothered about defending to start with. It was very end to end, very trail progressive. Is that again? Does that is that suiting sitting to Paul Inter's ideas from last season as well? I mean, the, the, the Swansea game is famous from last season as well, where you were down and came back. Is that yeah. been a bit of a Paul Inter as well? It's funny. We've had so many slow starts, um, and not just this season, but a couple of times last season. Mm. Like we just will not switch on for the first ten minutes, and it's really cost mm. us. And um, I don't know, in terms of how we set us up, the whole of pre-season we played with five at the back, which I guess is, you know, safety first, mm. um, making use of the personnel he's got available too, because we've got a ton of centre-backs now. Um, in, in Tom Holmes and Tom McIntyre, the two Toms, we've got two academy graduates who are probably going to form the spine of the defence for a few years to come. Um, so it's making use of, of what we got at the back, mm. but it's it's more of a concentration thing more than anything. That I was at the Cardiff game and thought to myself, 
when we went behind early doors, I was thinking, right, I know which way this is going to go, which is why yeah. it was a real refreshing change, the fact that mm. we're able to to come back into the game. But I'll be honest, lads, I didn't think much of Cardiff. No. Um, I know you've you've already got points against Welsh opposition this season, but um, Cardiff have signed like 15 old players and like, like Reading, they're just trying to get them to jail because I think mm. we've, We've signed maybe pushing on ten now, so um, it, it we're just hoping it will click, yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, I think you can definitely get it as early on Saturday. Interesting. We start. We didn't start very well against Swansea, did we? The week. No, uh, we didn't. But possession to base team didn't really suit us initially. Um, you've mentioned all the players are injured. Who should we looking at? From, a, from an attacking point of view, you mentioned Jao's injured, Mate's injured. Yep. Who is left to cause our defence problems? Well, um, it's slim pickings up top, but it's <laughs> probably going to be the the veteran Shane Long that starts mm. for us up top on the weekend. And everyone got very, very, very excited in Berkshire when he re-signed for us this summer because every single transfer window for about the last decade we've been linked to, to Long. It's like, is this the year he comes home? <laughs> um, he was one of the last Reading players to get over 20 goals in a season. Shane Long, that was back in 2011. And we're not expecting him to score 20 this time around, but he, he converted a penalty against Cardiff. He, he looks really, like, tricky and clever up top. Like, he's still reasonably quick. He's, you know, lost a bit of pace, but still quite mobile. The main thing I'm impressed with is he'll make, like, these little dummy runs or, or like, put the defender off a bit or, um, you know, just, just proper, like, footballing intelligence that comes as a result of playing in the Premier League for as long yeah. as he has. So mm. I feel quite good about him leading the line. Um, the other immediate goal threat we've got is the manager's son, Tomins, uh, <laughs> who, um, I mean, in a way that you can kind of expect if your dad's the manager, he looks really up for it. He's mm. filling the, the void that John Swift's left behind in terms of just being someone we can rely on in the big moments. He's taken Swift's shirt number as well, number 10. Um, and yeah, he he scored a brilliant goal against Cardiff, and I probably back him to to be in and amongst it again at the weekend. So those are the two to look out for. He has a fantastic record of scoring against us as well. Yeah, he does. I'll, I'll look up his stats while, but he always when he played for Derby, I think he scored about five goals against you, like three appearances. Oof. <laughs> and I think he scored for Stoke and all against us. Yeah, um, yeah. I forgot about him. That's. I didn't want to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, at least Lucas Zhao's not here because he always seems to score against us. When yeah. he was at Wednesday, every time they played us, it's like, yep, just put Lucas Zhao down on my bet. Yep, that'll come in. No <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Lucas Zhao, is, he's, he's a real fan favourite um, in running. That When we signed him for £5 million from Chef Wednesday, everyone was thinking, God, that's a lot to spend on a player mm. that, you know, didn't really show it over a full season. But, you know... When we do well, it's invariably because of him. It's just the, the main problem with him is his injury records. Um, like more often than not, we're waiting for him to get fit again. And it's a real shame because he's got all the physical attributes. You know, he's big, he's strong, he's quick, he's he's got an eye for goal. So, you know, it's, it's a it's a big loss. But in the meantime, we just got to hope we can do without him. Uh, yeah, just to stat you on Tomins, he scored eight goals in seven appearances against Rotherham. Oof. Plus one assist. <laughs> I think the majority of Reading fans would be delighted hearing that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, and he's never lost against Rodham as well. Oh, wow. Well, oh, that's, that's a stat and a half. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, we should not look up now. Um, 
Uh, before I let you go, Jacob, if you give us it, if you score prediction, what do you had? You think it's going to go down? Uh, no, I said last night that um, I might be prone to change my mind, but actually, you know what? I do think it's going to be a score draw. Um, we're, we're due a draw this season. Um, I think it's. I was saying to Mick last night, it's the sort of game that if you're a, if you're a Millers fan, you're thinking we can have Reading. And if you're a Reading fan, you're thinking we need to be picking up points against Rotherham. So for me, I think you know both of us are going to end up disappointed. Let's let's go for a, uh, a one draw. <laughs> <laughs> yes, get back to Saturday afternoon, disappointing everybody. That's what it's all about. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Thank you for jumping on, joining us, Jacob. Um, like Cheers, I said, to check out your site, Elm Park Royals, wherever you find your podcast, get on them. Thank you very much, Jake, and good luck for the rest of the Take season. care. Yeah, you too, lads. Just, But not good luck for the weekend, just everything else right. of that. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers, thank you. Cheers, Cheers, thank you very much to Jacob for that one. Love, I do enjoy these opposition reviews. We get lots of nonsense, and we've done our own researches through them as well. Um, <laughs> didn't cheer me up, but it was research nevertheless. Um, <laughs> let's go back to the Carabao Cup and sort of finish off this information from there. We were talking before we started recording, Mick, about Ollie Rathbun. Um, yeah. And when we signed him, I knew at some point he was going to score by winning a tackle. Mm. And that's exactly what he's done against Port Vale. Yeah, Let's yeah. forget about how bad Port Vale were in that in that moment, because that was mm-hmm. terrible. Um, but that's what Rathbun's all about. Ryan Cresswell said in commentary, I think that he plays the Rodham United way. Him and Lindsay are very yeah. similar in that way. And it was just... A lot of fans, if Man City scored, I don't be bothered. But for me, that's brilliant. That goal, I loved it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if if you if if you ask somebody to sort of um, describe to you a typical Holly Rathbone goal, that would be it, wouldn't it? You know, um, just pressing and 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 he got lucky. He got lucky. Um, poor defending. Great to see these teams playing out from back like they try. Um, it's just it's it's, it's a it's, it's a right laugh to be honest. Um, yeah. Watching them do it, it's it's, it's comedy goals really. Um, and hopefully there'll be a few more in the championship doing the same thing. Uh, yeah. But yeah, typical Rathbone goal, typical of what you would expect from him. Yeah, uh, Will Roebuck says who remembers away again. We're talking about before. So I can't remember the, his goal against Crew last season, which was all about him closing down. Mm. Um, it's, it's strange one, Daniel. We'll go back to Rattle talk about Rattle for two minutes. When we signed him, it wasn't exactly a plan. We, we, we signed him because we played against Rochdale and Rochdale played, he played very well for Rochdale. But he really does suit us down to the ground. And it's just strange how he wasn't on Rodham's radar massively before that Reading friendly last season, which was crazy, really. Yeah. I mean, um, that is why we signed him, isn't it? He was just so yeah. good against us for Rochdale that we just went, you know what, we need to have him. Um, <laughs> but I think he went under everyone's radar, really. You know, he came from Man United's Academy um, and then joined Rochdale and just sort of got on with it at Rochdale. You know, I I don't know the ins and outs, but there seems to be very little interest in him, not to be disrespectful or anything, but he just sort of got on with his job at Reading and just, um, not Reading, at Rochdale, sorry, and yeah, played against us and we went, right, you're exactly what we want, you come in here. Mm. Rochdale, what do you want for him? Um, (laughs) And yeah, he's, he's just took on the ethos of the club perfectly from probably his first game that we saw him in. His pressing has been relentless, you know, and he's just everywhere all the time. Not in a sense of an endless chicken running about for the center, for the sake of it, but he, he knows the game. He knows when to press hard or just to just to push him a little bit. 
and I think it was him and Kelly who were pressing mm-hmm. uh, the Vale keeper, and you could tell the keeper didn't want it, so he's played it out. So their defender, and oh, he's just gone, right, I can have this. He's mm-hmm. gone in for challenge, caught the ball sweetly with his foot, and it's just gone towards goal, and it's gone in. And the cheek to try and give it as an own goal to begin <laughs> with, it's like, no, that's Ollie's goal. That's his first goal this season, we're having that. Um yeah, a few more of them in championship when they're passing it round the back and they get mm. caught out. I can see him bagging a few like that, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, Port Vale playing out from back made me reminisce to last season, to be honest with you, because they can't, they can't yeah. do it against teams that press. I don't no. know why they're trying to do it against teams like us, Mick. Uh, well, it's madness, isn't it? It's crazy. Um, I mean, it was. I think it was Crew that did it the best. I mean, that yeah. was just... Yeah. It, it, the, 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 the best thing we, we did against Crew was just put it out for a goal kick. Yeah. It was it was like it was like it was like an, our own very own set piece. Mm. To put it out for a goal kick, they'll play it off and back and we'll we'll have it on the edge of eighteen yard box. Happy days. It was better than a corner. Well yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, very good. Um, um, if it's rolling out for a corner, then get your foot on it, mate. Get it, get it, put it out for a goal kick. <laughs> yeah. Um, we could sit and talk about other Rothman for hours. Same in the, in the same way we talked about Jimmy Lindsay against the Swansea game. Just tap, him and Rathbun are, are basically the same player. Um, which is which is look and uh, look lucky in a way, but I suppose it's by design because if one of those gets injured, last time in the championship we lost Jimmy Lindsay, and that was mm. crucial to the season. We, if we had all the Rathbun to bring in, we wouldn't have been hurt as much, I don't think. Or vice versa. Yeah, not at all. Um, all. So shows the strength and depth we've done. Uh, Shelley RFC says, "What about the build-up for the second goal? Second goal, though, quality hoof boy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, long ball, rather than United strike again, don't they? Make with a second yeah. goal straight from uh, Sam Allardyce's playbook. Yeah, set, set piece as well, weren't it? You know, um, <laughs> <laughs> the only worry is that we've used up all our completed passing uh, at the end of October. <laughs> that is true. Uh, in that one move, which is a bit of a worry, but." Um, it were great, excellent, nice to see. Um, and, and hopefully we'll see a lot more of that, um, depending on obviously who the opposition is and, and how they play. Um, obviously, if it, you know, against the likes of Swansea, we're not going to see that amount of the ball. Um, but having said that, it'll probably end up still being the same area at pitch, just we won't have it. Um, so, but yeah, excellent, excellent goal, good finish. Uh, but but the build up was 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 very very good patient. Mm. Yeah, well, Scott High was heavily involved in the in the little movement and goal, mm. which I was quite impressed with. Um, you can't read too much into performances against lower league opposition. I know it's only, I know it's only League One, but still, so not. But it was impressive. The finish though, Danny from Chio, two goals in two games, adding another two hundred fifty grand on his price tag. The finish to me struck. It was it's a very different finish to the Michael Smith against Ipswich. But it was instinctive and quick, and in the same way, it stopped the keeper from getting any movement or predicting where it was going to go. And I didn't think Chio had that in his locker, to be honest with you. I may, I may have been downplaying it a bit, but I didn't. In front of goal, he's lacked in the past, hasn't he? I thought mm. that was a really clever, tidy, very good finish. Yeah, um, Chio sort of got a, a rep last season for cutting in on his left, having a go from edge of 18 mm. and scoring an absolute wonder strike. I think he did it against Gillingham. Sutton at Wembley, Donny. just Donny, uh, just and then I think somebody else as well, but I don't, I don't know off the top of me. I just M three come to mind, but yeah, like you said, it were a very instinctive finish. Like it wasn't really a striker's finish because he's toe punted it, 
but he's obviously had it in his mind of right. I'm going to have a go here, and I think it is ever so slightly a revenge shot because only a few minutes before yes. he got absolutely sliced by one of their players. Watching the replay, probably only a yellow, only just. It's like one of them where it's like if he takes if he takes more at man or he's a bit less inclined football, it'll be a red card. You know, if he goes in mm. two footed, it's a red card. Yeah. Um, so I think it's a bit more of an event challenge there. And even commentators said the, the centre back's now looking at Gio back on his feet, going, "Oh no!" And funnily <laughs> enough, it was the man marking Gio when he shot for goal and scored. So that might have a little bit to do with it. Um, but like you say, very instinctive finish. He must have been working on it in training. Mm. Um, and I think beating your man and getting the shot away is something we have worked on in training because in the Championship, oh. we need to check our chances, don't we? We might get very few chances yeah. during a game and make sure we, we get we take them and, and score from them. Like against Swansea, I think we had probably three or four big chances and mm. scored one of them and got the point out. Same with Port Vale, I think we got... Again, probably five, maybe six big chances, and we got two out of it. So, it must have been something we've worked on. And I think it's a case of if you're in six yard box, have a go because mm. you know it's six yard box. It's harder to miss. <laughs> well, yeah, no, it is very true. Um, we'll come on to predictions team lineup in a minute. We'll talk about Chio as a striker later date when we talk about the Reading game. Um, like I said at the start, I mean, the second, the, the last ten minutes was needlessly. Not stressful. Mm. I don't think they hurt us really when they were one opportunity. Um, but the goal was completely avoidable. Number one yeah. from a defensive point of view. And surprisingly, I thought Vickers could have done much better. I only get them on one angle, but it looked yeah. like it sort of went under Vickers a little bit, which I was really surprised at. Yeah, I, I was surprised he didn't get a hand to it at least. Um, mm. so it wasn't anything particularly powerful or anything like that. And uh, yeah, it was avoidable. It, it defensively, I think we let ourselves down there, um, and, and obviously it put us under pressure for the last ten minutes or so. Oh, kind of put us under pressure. Um, you know, it takes away that cushion, doesn't it? Um, so, yeah. But again, Vickers has not played for hmm. Lord only knows how long. Uh, a competitive game, um, and and I think we ended up with six separate, six different central defenders, didn't we, last night? Pretty much oh, as wow. well. Um, so you know, yeah, it is what it is. I, I, I cannot see us being that slack, um, when it comes to league games defensively. Um, obviously, clearly, there'll be mistakes made, obviously, but um, I, I don't think we'll allow that sort of opportunity as easily as we did last night, yeah. to be honest. I completely agree, to be honest with you. Um, is there any other individual performance you want to talk about before we move on to the draw? Then we'll cover that a bit more. Um, I'll, I'm, I'll say Georgie Kelly, even though he didn't score and he had a couple of chances to score, he looks dangerous in the air, doesn't he? Yeah. He, he, ju- he just throws everything he's got at the ball. And as I've seen in pre-season, he got a, a couple doing that. And I think when his accuracy comes in from training and, and game time, he will be very deadly in the air in a completely mm. different way to what Michael Smith was. Because Michael Smith could latch on to, you know, your set piece or, or your corner or whatever and get the ball in the net. Whereas Kelly just throws himself at it and gets someone on it and scores. And they're the sort of sort of goals that you score late on in games where you just throw yourself at it and it cannons off whatever and it goes in. So that could be a real asset later in the season. And we're just starting to see that in um, competitive games now. So give it until I don't know 
December, January time, where the game's starting to come a bit thicker and faster, it could be a real asset to have. Just get Kelly on for 20 minutes, half an hour, gets to, what, eight, 80 minutes, throws himself at the ball, cannons off his forehead, and we're winning 2-1. <laughs> I, I can see it. I honestly can. I can see Kelly being a real match winner late on in games. I really can. Yeah. He plays centre-forward a little bit like Richard Wood plays centre-half, doesn't he? Yeah. Mm. He's very much a wrecking ball, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, no, no. Richard Wood's the wrecking ball. George Kelly's the bulldozer. Yes, that works. That's the, that's the differential. <laughs> the Irish bulldozer. I like that. <laughs> He's got yeah. some goals in his eyes, that lad, definitely. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And, and, and if you listen to the Moment of Truth podcast, they talk about George Kelly being a replacement for, for Michael Smith. And you can sort of see that. It's, it's, it's surprisingly physical. And you don't expect it from me, but he wins headers, won loads of headers last night, mm. loads of headers. Mm. Um, it's, maybe his hold-up play's got a bit of work to do, but I think that composure will come with the more games he plays. He's still... He's still got a bit of the JJs from last season about him, where I think he's trying a little bit too hard in any occasion. Um, he's, uh, what I would say is he's absolutely streets ahead of where Michael Smith was when he came to our club. Oh, million percent. Oh, yeah. So, with, with that, bearing that in mind, come younger six, 12 well, months' time, and, and younger mm-hmm. as well, uh, come six, 12 months' time, um, he's, he's got a bright future. You yeah. have to remember as well, he's only completed one full game for Rotherham. Mm-hmm. You know, for Gillian, he played, what, 15 minutes? For Swansea, probably 20 minutes. So, he's only just managed to fall 90. Mm. And he looks a lot better. Preseason's done him really well. Yeah. yeah. So it's just all about just keeping him ticking over with minutes. I think wherever we can, we play him for as long as we can. And he'll, he'll improve very, very easily. Very, very easily. Yeah. And he's got one, one, one hell of a right foot on him. He just knows where the goal is. You know. Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, does. The negatives from. Wednesday night are that Connor Washington and Peter Kioso both came off injured. Uh, Richie Barker saying that they're both stiffer than they expected uh, on Thursday. And because we're playing, Ben won't like me saying this, because there's a shorter gap on the game from Wednesday to Saturday, it makes recovery times much more difficult, uh, as intimated by Paul Warren and Richie Barker on many occasions. Um, that leaves us really short. We'll, we'll come on to that in a minute. We'll come on to the very game in a minute. That's going to leave us short, top, to be honest with you. But, Let's talk about the draw. Mandani mentioned it earlier briefly. Morecambe at home. Uh, Mick, me and you certainly didn't want you Wednesday. Wednesday was one I didn't want. I didn't want the the circus of Michael Smith and Michael Hequid to mm. to take over. And that was the only reason I didn't particularly want him. I, I don't, you know, that's it really. I, I don't mind the local derby, but that would have been a circus, wouldn't it? But anybody else, yeah. I was happy with anybody at home. Crack, crack on. Yeah, I, I was I was hoping for the for a home tie, uh, and, and as you've pointed out there. The last thing I wanted was to, to have that shower totally down the road to, uh, to to New York because it would have been an absolute circus. Um, the, the further the further we can keep away from them this season, the better, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you know, just put put it behind us now for uh, for a season. We can do that. I'm I'm happy with that. I don't don't want to hope to do with them, to be honest. Yeah. Um, the only downside, Danny, is that. Assuming Cole Stockton still plays for Morecambe, Cole Stockton's going to score for Morecambe. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed on. Oh, you're on mute, Danny. I, do- I double-clicked the button by accident. But, um, but yeah, it- it's nailed on. If you have a betting persuasion, just lump Cole Stockton on to score any time. Yeah. Put your quid bet on and it'll come in. 
Guaranteed. <laughs> it's like it's like I said earlier with the um, the Elms Royals whilst they were on. Um, it's guaranteed Lucas Rao's going to score against us. Probably nailed on that Tom Inter's going to score against us. Same with Cole Stockton when he comes here. He's going to score against us. So if you get a free bet, lump it on, can't lose. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is the week commencing the 24th, I think. Anyway, uh, no, it's the week commencing the 22nd, sorry, um, of August. So what, two weeks away? Um, if we get through the third round, I think the third round's in November or something like that. It's a big, big gap between second and third round um, because of the World Cup, basically. Um, anything more to add on the Carabao Cup? I think we've extensively covered it, to be honest with you. Um, the fact we made eight changes and still looked really good in a really mm. solid lineup, I think that's a, a nice five thing. Five debuts? Five yeah, five, five full debuts. It was Kelly's full debut, High's full debut. Um, Peltier, the car, and Bramall, their full debuts, and all five did very well. Mm. But yeah, the full, the full eight changes, and you looked at the team sheet, and it's like, actually, you know what? That looks still really strong. We've yeah. changed nearly every position, and we still look really strong, which is great because we've got a lot of strength in depth, which is something we've not really had in the championship over the last uh, of the worn years, shall we call them. <laughs> um, so, so now we've started to see that and it, it really shows the ideology of this transfer window that we're, we're just looking to improve the team where we can. We're not on about clearing out the, the players that we've got for big money or anything like that. We just want to keep them and only bring in people that improve the squad and not just bring in people to build up numbers, which is mm. fantastic. We've not mm. seen that for a, for a while, have we? It's fantastic. No. I hope you're not suggesting, Danny, that we've had a good transfer window. Yes, I am. Oh, my <laughs> word. You just need to be careful with what you're saying here, mate. Uh, I don't mind. Twitter's not a real place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, on transfers, before we go further, Shelley FC Evening Lads, any news updates on the striker who we're close to coming to? Again, we're thinking it's Ashley Fletcher. That's where, the, that's where the, everything's going towards. Paul Warren said to Radio Sheffield that he would be basically surprised if he's not with us before Saturday. Um, we now sit here on Thursday evening. Nothing's confirmed yet. But all the talk is that it's basically done. Um, mm. That has backfired in the past. But this isn't this doesn't seem like somebody who's got offers left, right and centre, is what I would say. So I think we're just about there, Danny. Would that, uh, that, does that sound fair? Um, yeah, roughly. Roughly nearly, well, roughly nearly there, shall we say. Um, it's interesting because when Wardy spoke to the advertiser, I believe, I think their deadline for the paper is Tuesday to get it published for the Wednesday. Mm. He said, um, we've made the final offer and if he don't accept it, he don't accept it. And if he does, happy days. And now we've rolled it around to Thursday. And he said, yeah, it's, bas it's basically done. We just need to finalise it. So... Something has definitely picked up and changed there. I don't know whether it's the um, the player's agent that's changed his mind and gone, right, you're the best option. That's fair enough. Or if the player's pushed it and gone, no, I want to go there, which Warnie has said in the past, the player does really want to come here. Um, and yeah, like you say, it uh, is probably going to be Ashley Fletcher. I'd be surprised if it's the loan signing we were looking at from the Premier League because they're not really exploring loans at the minute. Um so, yeah, we are slightly cross-fingered that it gets announced during the live show. Um, <laughs> but I don't think the club will be that kind to us. So, I imagine we'll get a, a notification at about ten past nine saying that he's signed. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, no one surprised me. Uh, I'd be happy with it. I think it's an exciting signing. We'll cover it when it's signed, but potentially a really, really good signing. <coughs> um, yeah, moving forward, um, we'll cover the Morecambe game. We'll, obviously, we've got when that two weeks away. Yeah. We'll talk about the Morecambe nonsense when we get there. Because there's quite a lot of water passing the bridge between now and then, to be honest with you. <laughs> um, but yeah, let's move on. Let's move on and move forward. Let's start the Reading preview with a ref watch. We have Stephen Martin as the referee. The last time he refereed us was Barnsley at home in the COVID season. So there was no issues in that game, other than the fact it shouldn't have been, a, been played. Um, but I don't think he can blame the referee for that one. Um, that's anything of note. Boys, I, I don't recall anything from that Barnsley game. Of any note, I've looked at no. other games. I can't remember anything bad. So... No, that's good. Yeah. Uh, well, we'll see. Let's see how he performs. Um, hopefully, he's not the comedian that his namesake is. But you never know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's hope not. I'm sure. Uh, he won't yeah. be. I'm sure he won't be. It's always good when ref watch is short because it means yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. The one for the Preston game will not be as short. Um, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, couple of stats on Reading. Our record against them recently. We already mentioned. Couple of players scoring lots of goals against us. We've only one win in the last nine meetings against Reading. The last win was in 2015, the survival game at New York Stadium with Freckleton yeah. and Matt Derbyshire scoring the goals. Um, a great New York night. One of the one of the great New York nights that month. Um, yeah. Uh, Mick, pointless stat. Take a look at Ben Roll and tell me how stupid that stat was. Come on. All oh, right. Sorry. I thought you wanted me to come up with a pointless stat. Um, <laughs> I, I can't. Uh, yeah. Well, different team, isn't it? We've got a different team. They've got a different team. The only thing that's same is the colours of shirts a bit same. Mm. That, that's, that's it. So, yeah. Um, yeah. I. I, I, I I don't know what you want me to say on that. It's pointless stat, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's all I've got for stats. And there's not, there's uh, not many that call us on Reading. Good, good. I'm pleased to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's talk about how we think we're going to set. Let's start, start going forward, Mick, uh, because of the kind of Washington problem mm. uh, that cropped on Wednesday. We thought it was only a dead leg or something like that. If it's only stiffness, that means it's not an injury like a muscle injury, which is good. Um, but it, because again, because of the short turnaround, feels very unlikely to be ready to start on Saturday, which is which is a problem with Tommy who's still been injured. Yeah, it's not great, is it? It's not great, but you know we've got we've still got Chile to play up there. We've still got uh, Georgie Kelly to play up there. Um, so it's, it's not it's not the end of the world if if this new lad comes in. Uh, that's another another body to uh, to play up there. So yeah, it's it's not ideal. Of course, it's not ideal. Um, to, to to lose players to injury in a in a game of that sort of nature is uh, is always frustrating. Uh, I think there were a point at one one stage uh, on uh, on Wednesday night when we were a bit worried that Chile might not get mm. up as well. Um, so yeah, it, it's not ideal, but I think it'll just bring forward Georgie Kelly's full home de- debut. Um, I can't see Connor Washington playing if he's got a dead leg. Uh, not with not with the tight turnaround that we've got, so it's it's not ideal. But it's we, we're covered at the moment. For me, anyway, I think we are. Mm. Yeah, and that's the question. Maybe if if he signs if he signs Friday, he'll not start. He certainly won't start. But he no. could very well be on the bench 
come on for 20 minutes, so if need be. Um, so there is that as well. Um, Danny, how big a game is this? Because the preseason favourites are essentially Rotherham, Reading, and I think Birmingham to go down. Uh, they were the dead certs uh, for everybody. So on paper, by preseason prediction, this is a huge game, much like the Wickham game was two seasons ago. Do you see it that way, or is it just game with games, see what happens in season? Um, <coughs> that's a great question. How big is this game? Um, I think for the time being, it's just your players in front of you. Mm. I don't think it really becomes big games until we get an idea of the proper league table, you know, when it starts organising itself. I think at the minute, it's just get as many points on the board as we can during early stages when the teams that we're playing against are still gelling together. Um, yeah, I mean, just point, points on the board to do nicely at this point in the season. If, if this game was being played, say, in late March, early April time, it would be a massive game. Because, like yeah. you say, it's us, uh, Reading and Birmingham that seems to be everybody's bottom three bar our own, which is weird. Um, and if that's late March, be a massive game. But for the time being, we don't know. Red, Reading could go on a 14-game unbeaten run. We don't know. You know, yeah. I mean, we beat Plymouth on opening day and then they went about 18 games unbeaten. <laughs> so that proved to be a huge yeah. result. Um, yeah, I mean, on paper, yeah, it's a big game. But at this point in the season, it's just, it's just another team that's in front of us. Just play our own way, press Reading like we did pre- uh, pressing Swansea, and we should should be okay. Mm. Uh, Will Roebuck says this will be one of those games come to the end of the season when we look and go, we lost to Reading. Yeah, possibly. Could possibly be. <laughs> uh, Mick, I assume you're echoing the same as Danny, and I certainly am, that it's just it's too early to say must we anything like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, it is. Um, we need to beat everybody. <laughs> That's the bottom line, isn't it? You know? yeah. uh, so we need to go into every game um, want, wanting to win the game. And, and this is this this one is no different. Um, we've probably got a better chance of winning this game than, uh, say, for example, um, Watford. Mm. Um, obviously, Reading are obviously in a bit of disarray, clearly, with... Um, with 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 what's been going off there, uh, all the big players, big names leaving, um, and uh, they Paul and Slacky, like we discussed earlier, is trying to cobble together together a squad. So it's an ideal time to play them. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we just need to be uh, at it from minute one. And I think if we are, I think we'll be. I think we should get through the game reasonably comfortably. Personally, yeah. But I, I, I said this on that on that on their podcast last night. You know. I can say that, but you've got to caveat that by the fact that we've played one one league game this year. So yeah. I can only base you. You can only base what we, you, 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 what you think on on that one game. Um, play like that, we'll be fine. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, John Brown in the comments says about the referee Steve Martin. He just says, "Good luck." Oh, he's worrying. Um, We'll see how that goes. Cheers, Cheers, John. Thanks for that, mate. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Danny, assuming Washington isn't fit, which we assume is not going to be fit, are you happy with Georgie Kelly and Chio to start top of Nisby, the Irish duo? Oh, the Irish boys, yeah. I'm 100% happy with that. You saw uh, Chio and and Kelly played together against Port Vale. Uh, They seem to have just a a natural understanding between each other. Um, That might stem from the Gillingham game, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm happy with Ogbeni and Kelly. 
up front. Uh, be a nice full home debut for Kelly. And I'm sure we will try and suck the ball in the net for him as well. <laughs> uh, especially if they're shooting towards the home end in the first half, we will be willing him to score. Yeah. Pro- probably more than KO'd last season. You know, oh, we will, we were willing him to score for the whole season, then he got it against Wimbledon. Now it's Georgie Kelly's turn. We're going to will him to score in the championship, and it will happen. It'll go crazy. You know, if Georgie Kelly scores, it'll go crazy, won't it? Like, <laughs> I, I know we get criminal records if we go on the pitch these days, but we need to make an exception for Georgie Kelly because if he scores, <laughs> it'll just go nuts. Well, yeah. it'll go absolutely nuts. In it's fact, mad no, how it... we'll, we'll flip that. We want him in the stand with us. Yes, that's it. We'll have, we'll change it. <laughs> it's mad how the lads have become a cult hero at the club, having played 124 minutes for his, <laughs> over about 15 games. Yeah, and yet it's bizarre, isn't it? Mm. Bizarre. It's but, football, uh, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it, it is. But you listen to him, and he, he seems such a lovely, likable bloke. Yeah, anyway, doesn't he? You know what I mean? Mm. So, have Have you guys read the article in the Irish Times that he? Um, that, that he did the interview for, where he said he was ready to pack in football and pursue his, um, his yeah, university yeah. career before signing for Rotherham. And I think the, the love that he's got from us, just as a fan base, and how welcoming we've been to him. Like you say, he only played 15 minutes last season. What did he say, about 120-ish total? According to the RUFC, it's 124 minutes he's played. Yeah, and, and to be already so loved at a football club, I bet you he's thinking it was the best decision of his life to come here. <laughs> yeah. And maybe not for the heat waves that we've had this summer. Um, but yeah, as soon as he scores at New York, that's a 10 year contract on the table. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There are people listening to this going, shut up about Georgie Kelly. I know, I know. Yeah. But... I love him, but he's ace. Yeah. It's just great. Um, moving, moving backwards because we started at the front. The midfield three, Danny, we would normally say oh, it picks itself that. It's Barlas or Wiles Rathburn. Well, it doesn't really because Jamie Lindsay was sensational against Swansea. Um, Ollie Rathburn was very, very good against Port Vale. You would say Barlas or Wiles probably does pick itself. Um, hmm. But then there's a huge question mark over number three. Scott Hyde had a decent game midweek as well. There's big yeah. question marks with the third midfield is going to be Mick Shaking's head. I am shaking my head. Oh. It's a, I don't know. I mean, I can see why we'd bring Rathburn in if we're looking to press Reading early on and not be as meaty, shall I say, in midfield in terms of... Because Jamie Lindy loves the tackle, mm. doesn't he? But it's more of the um, defensive sort of tackle rather than the pressing sort of tackle, mm. which is what Ollie Rathburn sort of does. Like I said, with, with Barlasser and Wiles, with Wiles running the left side, um, yeah, I, I, can see, I can see Wiles doing that. But then Scott Hyde did it really well yesterday. So would Warney stick with the team from yesterday or go similar to Swansea? It, this, this is why we had the Moment of Truth podcast. We get to have a look at what it's like to be a football manager. And we've got the dilemma right in front of us. We had this at the start of last season. We could not pick the midfield three for the life <laughs> of us. And every time we tried, we got it wrong. Every yeah. time. Um, I don't know. It's, it's a dilemma, isn't it? We've got five class midfielders, potentially one more on the way before the end of the window. I'd hate to be in Warney's office. They, they must have, they, they must waste the trees with the paper just picking the midfield. <laughs> yeah. But I, I'd say maybe Barlasser is, is the one there because he's 
ever so slightly further back than the um, the more advanced two. Um, I'm going to say Lindsay and High, I think, because they push forward more, or at least they don't need to be told to push forward as much as Rathbun and Wiles do. So you go Barlas, so High and, and Lindsay. Lindsay. Yeah. Ooh, that is a big change. Oh, yeah. Oh. I'd, uh, I, 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 it'll be wrong, so it will be, yeah, <laughs> um, Nick, are you going same as Swansea? Oh, absolutely. Why? Would, I, I don't. I, I, I find it incredible that you'd even consider changing it. I really do. do I mean, Rath was excellent against Port Vale. Scott I was very good against Rochdale. I'll be honest with you. I don't see how there's any way that Jamie Lindsay can be dropped after his performance in the Championship against a quality Championship side. Uh, there's, there's just absolutely no way at all. Dan Barlas is not going to get dropped because he's, he, he's the one that pulls the strings in there. And if he's not pulling the strings, the person that is, is Ben Wiles. So for me, I, it, it literally picks itself. Um, and yeah, Ollie Rathbone's played really, really well the other night. He got himself a goal. He pressed really well. He did everything that was expected of him and he did it very, very well. But I'm sorry, just Jamie Lindsay's shirt for me at the moment. Um, and and I, I certainly wouldn't be looking at dropping Wilesy despite his um, attempted dive against Swansea that he forgot the one of the new No, I, for me, it picks itself. That's my that's my view. Okay. Fair enough. Chris Anderson agrees with you. No need to change anything uh, from yeah. Swansea game, obviously. So, uh, so we've got Mick's going, Mick's going orthodox and I'm going unorthodox. Right, so <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So imagine uh, yours interesting... will be Rathbun and Wiles, won't it, Matt? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Good fun. Let's go fun. Um, what's interesting, we had a lot of talk pre-season about vice captaincy. Not that it particularly matters, but there's talk about it. Dan Barlas took, took the armband uh, against Port Vale. Um, so I wonder if that's a sign that he is essentially vice to Woody. Don't know. Um, I don't know who else was missing from the pitch that could have had it. If that makes sense, I, I think. Everybody else could have had it was on the pitch. Mm. But there you go. A bit irrelevant, but still, we like talking about these kind of things. Um, <laughs> Russ Vernon says, the first time he's agreed with Mick on a podcast. <laughs> that Mick? Russ, you said you were my mate. S61 <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, Miller says on Georgia Kelly, they were, she was sat with Georgia Kelly in the lounge last week and they were saying he's loving it here. If you're um, if you're there again, uh, tell him to come on the podcast. There you go. <laughs> yeah, we'll have him on podcast. We would love him on. Um, so moving further, further back, well, sort of further back, but a class wing backs. Um, Kyoso's probably again probably out injured, Mick. Um, mm. So just whether adding in, in slots in there, you could put yeah. LT in there, maybe. Yeah, why would you when you've got Wesardin? Do you don't want to be, and again, this is a, this is a tough thing to say, and it's playing devil's advocate a bit because Reading aren't Swansea, mm-hmm. and you don't have to be as compact all the time. Mm-hmm. Could you go a bit more adventurous with your right wing back? Because where's where's hard solid as a rock, but he's yeah, a right yeah. back, so he can get forward. He can put a ball in the box though. He can. So I, I have no issue with that. If you're going to be adventurous, I'd be looking at, um, at Will Robux's question in the comments there. Um, if you're going to be adventurous, be adventurous down the left and go for Cohen Bramall um, instead of Fergie. Um, but now, Wes Harding's a, 
perfect replacement. Well, he's not a replacement. Kioso's a replacement for Wes if Wes gets injured yeah. for me. Um, so, yeah, st- again, straightforward in that position. Yeah. Uh, Will Robert does say, the comments disappeared. Uh, Will Robert mentions about putting Bramall or Ferguson left hand side. Again, Fergie was outstanding against Swansea, Danny. Uh, mm. Bramall is very exciting. But if anybody's listened to the commentary and watched back from Tuesday night, Wednesday night's game, he did have some dodgy moments. Ryan Cresswell was on commentary, was, I wouldn't say highly critical, but was very honest in his feedback and sort of saying that he's got a lot of work to do. Um, and that's maybe a slight concern, but he's rapid and he gives you, he's just exciting, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, though, it was his first start and yeah. he's, keen, he's keen to impress. And so it could be a little bit over trying. But like you said, the, the talent is there. He just needs to apply it effectively, um, but but for me, it, it just depends on how we want to attack Reading. Really, if we want to um, bomb down the left hand side and kill him with pace, go for Bramall on the left hand side. But if we want to be a bit more, you know, reserved about it, get the ball in the box from the left hand side, but have a little bit more of that defensive security, if you like, play Ferguson there. And I think we will probably start with Fergie, you know, just to make sure. Mm. We don't concede early on, but also to get it down the left-hand side, get balls in the box. And if we've got Kelly getting his nut on it in the box, you never know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you've got, you've got people, all, all, all of them can put really decent balls in the box. I would put some of Bramall's crossing was decent on, on Wednesday. Um, yeah. Chris Anderson says he would go hard with Ferguson. No, he's a change if the game opens up. That's when Bramall comes on. Yeah, mm. potentially, potentially initially he might be the guy come on with 20 minutes left against tied legs to start with um, possibly uh, back three Mick we started on Tuesday with Peltier Hall and McCart and mm-hmm. but we noticed we saw one of them cross field passes from Jamie McCart it went mm. left and right didn't it Danny when you yep. saw it it went uh, it's a real thing it's cross field ball <laughs> um, <laughs> Who would you go, mate? Because that's that's obviously that's a other than Hall. Hall did change position, so it's, it was a complete change to the Swansea game. So I think I think for me the the only question really at the moment is who's going to play that right sided position. I think Woody and Humphreys did plenty enough to to maintain their place uh, against Swansea. Um, either Grant Hall or Peltier, I'm not sure which. That's that's entirely down I would think to fitness mm. um, you know so I can see him sticking with the same back three that he started this one's again um, but I don't know I don't know but certainly Wood and Humphreys for me are, are, are not, they're on that team sheet mm. yeah I thought Hall had a good game on Wednesday and again we're talking about League One so it's, and can't take too much from it but Hall looked like it looked like Richard Wood to be honest with you he looked in control he looked steady um, I, I, we need to see him against the t- likes of Reading and Preston and QPR and whatnot. But the start Hall's made has been very impressive for me. Yeah, <clears throat> it has. And to say he's um, he's on loan, it's the last year of his contract. You never know; he could be playing this well to try and earn something in, at the end of this mm. season. But that's a while. I'll have to wait and see about that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think um, when we mentioned Humphreys as well, he played really well to say he was on the left-hand side against Swansea. Mm. And I think it was down to our uh, our friend who gave the, um, the insight from the Belgian leagues. Um, he plays better when he's got 
that experience next mm. to him. And, and if you've got Wooden Hall next to you, you know, you're all right, aren't you? But at the same time, Humphreys has got the pace that maybe Wooden Hall don't have being a, a little bit older. So it's it's sort of a very cohesive back three. You know, Hall know, knows his job, Woody knows his job, Humphreys knows that they've got his got his back in terms of meeting mm. defending, but he's got their back in terms of if they get caught out higher up the pitch, which you know we've seen Woody do that a couple of times. Um, but I'm with Mick on this one. Same back three against Swansea. Don't don't change it between the first game and your second game. Keep keep it like that until you have to make changes. You know whether it's through injury or someone's had a stinker, for example. Yeah. The other thing I would say with Humphreys as well, not only has he got Richard Wood on one side, he's also he's also got Shane Ferguson on the other. Uh, yeah, this is about six million years worth of experience. <laughs> um, so you know he's he, he, he's he's in an ideal he's playing in an ideal position there to really start to progress as a player. Yeah, and he has got some talent that way. He's quite clearly yeah, got some has. talent. Mm. Yeah. Or you could see McCart going left hand side. And Humphreys go to right hand side. We, know, we do know Humphreys is right footed. That just gives yeah. you that extra bit of balance, doesn't it? it does, yeah. But then we can't play the full 90 on Wednesday, I think. So that's it's then less likely to start. Hmm. Um, don't know. Fan Phantom's going to be fun. Um, <laughs> Harvey, Kelwick, Harvey Kelwick says he would go Peltier, Wood, and Humphreys. So that would be a swap out Peltier for, for Hall when it's once again. Uh, Will Roebuck says he thinks the fact that Woody was almost fully rested puts uh, he puts Woody back in the back three yeah. for Saturday. Mm. So fair enough, to be honest with you. Um, and this is a very good quick one. Uh, soon Victor's back in for the... Uh, yeah. yeah. Has to be. Yep, that's fine. There we've picked an 11, just about, I think. I don't know, to be honest. Um, <laughs> All I'll say is, if anyone wins a free pint from Fanel, please tweet us the picture of you showing off your 11 out of 11, because somehow you've managed it. Because yeah. I'd be happy if I get eight from, from my line, up in all honesty. <laughs> yeah. In terms of Fanel, Mick, I'll let you know the clamping down on people's addresses and where they're claiming from. Uh, <laughs> somebody put something on uh, I think on Twitter something that somebody had 20,000 miles for the first game of the season <laughs> <laughs> so they're clamping down and people cheating the Mick um, I don't know what you're about what are you so saying the mileage is going to change on that one well unlucky um, <laughs> score predictions for the Port Vale game nobody got it right Mick and Ben said 2-1 me and Danny said 3-1 close but don't count. Didn't, didn't it finish two one? I thought it did, yeah. But let's let's not get yeah. bogged down in the accuracy. Mick and Danny, Mick and Ben said two nil. Sorry, me oh, and you okay. guys said three one. Ah, yeah. we got the goal from Vale, so it's a bit bit closer, isn't it? Yeah, I agree. Um, so we'll go predictions for this one. Ben's obviously not here to predict, uh, so we can't get this one wrong. Uh, Mick. Uh, well, I, I was obviously asked this question um, on the on the Reading podcast, and I went two one Rotherham. Um, the more I think about it, I was I, I was going to change my mind and go two 0 However, I, I did I had neglected to uh, to to remember that um, that Ince is playing for them. So I think I'm going to stick with two one. Okay, <laughs> with Ince to score for Reading. Yeah, Every, everybody put your money on uh, Tom Ince to score. By the way, yeah. Mm. Um, Danny. Um. Again, I'm in. I'm in the same boat. I think um, I was a bit happy when I saw Lucas Rao was out, so that's one mm. out. But then you've got Tom in, so Reddin are effectively nailed on to score. 
it's probably a must not lose just to keep points ticking over. I think early doors of the season keep momentum going. So I'd be happy with a 1 1, but I don't know. I reckon we could sneak a 2 1, to be fair. Oh, wow. I like it. Uh, Angle positive and say 2 0. I said Inter's not going to score. We're going to finally stop him uh, this time. Um, Harvey Kelwick says 1 0. John Mills says 1 1. Chris Sanderson says he's going to go for 1 1 and Tom Inns to score for him, obviously. Um, Sean Green says 3 0. And S64 Miller says 2 0 with Georgie and Chio to score. Yeah, I, I agree with Georgie scoring. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep saying this every game until he actually does. <laughs> until he does. Yeah. Well, <laughs> um, I, I don't know. Every time it's like, I don't know, I get a feeling that Georgie could bag one. And against Swansea, he very nearly did. Against mm. Port Vale, he very nearly did. So, might be third time lucky. <laughs> Getting closer. Yeah. Yeah, and you, 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 you watch, he'll, he'll score and referee will give free kick on goalkeeper or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah probably. Yes, that'll definitely happen. Um, <laughs> and we want to give a shout out for Kimmy Park doing the away days. Um, they raise money for essentially Danny. Do you want to do this bit? Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, so yeah, so Kimmy Park have raised a lot of money for Rotherham Hospice and they uh. Very, very, very kindly gave some money to the podcast to support what we're doing here. And so just giving it back to them uh, to say thank you. And also I'll be running some of these buses so you can come on to, come on to buses and say hello to me if you want. I may not be sober, just as a <laughs> pre-warning. Um, so, yeah, so we're going to Preston on Tuesday. on Tuesday for 16. QPR, I know that's very expensive, mm. but, you know, price of diesel and all of that sort of stuff. Um, but at least it's not as much as the tickets they're, they're charging because they're absolutely astronomical. So oh, please yeah. come and join us for that. Sunderland is technically my birthday away day. Um, and I've tried my absolute best to try and get a keg from Chanterbury of Mighty Millers. And they've said they will be back in stock. So to give them a ring the week before so I can get one. So that'll be fantastic. <laughs> And then, of course, Sheffield United uh, are for only £9. The reason we're running that one is apparently the trains are going to be a little bit of a nightmare and with the trams if you're coming from the opposite end. Um, so, yeah, most secure way as well, if you don't want to have any trouble after the game, is to jump on a coach with us. They do run from Kimmy Park, uh, the pub, and we also drop into town and get picked up just outside where Gala Bingo used to be. So if you fancy an away day, just uh, message David Scrivens, join the, the Facebook group, tweet us on Twitter, and yeah, come and join us for a jolly. Yeah. No points guaranteed, is all I'll say. Yeah, yeah, there used to be that little asterisk at the bottom saying it does not guarantee points. Yeah. Uh, and don't forget, Saturday after the game, we'll do, we will be doing another instant reaction. That'll be on YouTube, 6, 7 o'clock Saturday evening, to so make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel to see that. Um It'll be hot, that one. We are going to be right in the sun during that one as well. You're up top shirtless. Yeah, no, no, no. If you can get a bed on shirtless, that'd be, that'd be all right. That might get some, we might get some new female viewers on these yeah. abs. You know, you know, you know, might get some male, new male yeah. viewers, you know. Yeah, 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 no, whatever, yeah, yeah. Male, female. That's my age you, coming out there. You never know. Yeah, absolutely. Whichever, I'll uh, we'll have to we'll have to see if we can get him to do it. <laughs> yeah, oh, um, Graham Holton with my favourite prediction so far: two 0 to the Millers with a Tommins own goal. 
Yeah, like it. <laughs> Ticks all the boxes like we like to do on this show. Um, <laughs> please do subscribe to YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, wherever you're listening to it. Please do subscribe. Give us a five-star rating. We were up in the charts in the iTunes pod, uh, podcast charts in Sweden, Japan, um, and Ireland, I think. Uh, US, sorry, Ooh. US and England. So you've all been listening abroad and everything else. So thank you very much for doing so. Give us a five-star rating. If you've enjoyed it, like I said, keep an eye out for the instant reaction. We're going to do something after, on the Preston game. I don't know whether me and Mick will do a watch along with it because it's on Sky or whether we'll do like a Twitter space or some nonsense like that. I'm not, I'm not sure yet. We will try and do something after this after the Preston game and see, see how it goes going forward. Chris Sanderson says, updates on the superstitions, Sweden's shirt or back to the Miller's trip? I don't know. Ooh. It's going to be very hot on Saturday, isn't it? And to wear that Sweden shirt, I've been wearing it. Melt. <laughs> it will melt. The number <laughs> behind the curtain, the number on the back. We I wore it to the Ipswich game when I first wore it, and the num the number nine on the back stuck to me stuck to me seat. So I've had to wear a shirt underneath it because I can't wear it in my car because it just sticks. I got number nine in back of my car, so I've got to wear a shirt underneath. And because it's been like thirty degrees, I'm not sure I want to wear two layers on Saturday. Um, so I, we are undecided on that one. Um, but if I, if I don't wear it, and we lose. We've just we know it's lucky, then, don't we? Um, yeah. I, I mean, all, all I'll say is that I wore the home the uh, the classic home shirt and we drew. I wore this um, whilst I was listening to the game because I wasn't actually at the game and we won. So all I'm saying is when I'm not at a game, yellow shirt until we lose, and then whatever game we're at, classic home, classic away. It's a winning formula, I'm telling you. Or you're just not allowed to go anymore. Yeah, all that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah we'll, we'll find out about that on Saturday. Um, so, yeah, thank you all for listening, tuning in, getting involved. Uh, we will see you all Saturday night for the instant reaction, Sunday evening live on YouTube for the rea- for the review, full review and a preview of Preston with a podcast out Monday morning, as it always is. Danny, it's been a pleasure to have you back with us. Let's go sit in front of a fan for a bit because it's red hot. Yeah, I've had Mark Barron for the whole podcast, to be fair. Um, and I'm still not cool. He's just blowing warm air at me. <laughs> but yeah, always a pleasure. At least it's not 40 degrees. Very true. This is a bit cooler. Mick, uh, it's a pleasure. And I'll, I'll see you Saturday. Yes, yeah, see you Saturday. Absolutely. Brilliant. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you soon. Bye. Bye. Rebel. Vicious. What's got around the back? And Richie Wood has done it again! The magic man has come up with another trick! Well, here's a chance to seal it! It's done! It's Georgie Kelly! Rotherham United's pathway back to the championship is opening up! The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com.